0: Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Thank you for putting up with our repeat show last week. Well, it wasn't really a repeat. It was an episode from my other podcast, Psychic Teachers. Denise and I took a little vacation last week and I wanted to start off. This is our little chatty show where we just ask you to join us around the virtual table and pour yourself a cup of coffee or tea and listen in as we just chat away. Denise, I was listening to you talk about your vacation and I thought that the listeners could really learn a lot from what you gleaned from your week off the grid. So could you just start by telling people what the heck we're talking about?
1: Yes, and I'd like to say thank you to people for being patient. I didn't return emails. I wasn't in a position to be able to return emails. And people, some people were very generous and, oh, I hope you're okay. Other people weren't quite as generous, which was a a big wake up call for me. And so what what happened was I have been thinking of, of buying an RV and traveling and being location independent. So on more or less of a whim, I bought a one way ticket to Los Angeles and I bought an RV and drove it back across the country by myself. I have to be honest, it was all like, oh, okay, sure, I'll buy a ticket. Mm, yeah, okay, I know how to get it. I'll put Uber on my phone. I live in a really small podoc town, so to even consider getting into LA and using an Uber was a big step. <laughs> uh, and I know people are laughing like Helen saying, oh my God, Uber's so normal
0: no but i mean most people would take a year to plan driving across the country and you did this in less than a week
1: yes it was very it was yeah it was more find the ticket boom bought the ticket did the i mean it was just like boom 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 okay i'm doing this i did wait till after mercury retrograde and the the precursor to that is i had spent a lot of time a lot of months researching, finding what I wanted, what's my price range. It's used, it's in good shape, it has low mileage, and it's from a rust-free state. That was my criteria. And I did find an amazing situation. And I had talked to you on the phone, or or we had texted back and forth that the flights got delayed. It was the day that all the, the airplane grid went down, so people were delayed and stuck all over the country. So I was supposed to have a pretty direct flight, and I didn't get there. So I left I left the hotel in Maine at four in the morning, and I landed in Los Angeles at six in the afternoon with like ridiculous layovers in Detroit and other places. But the the funny part is it never really hit me until I was in the Uber and I looked out the window and I saw a palm tree. And all of a sudden it all rushed over me. And I was like, what the mmm have I done? And it was <laughs> <laughs> And it was like a true slam, and it was like, "Oh, Denise, what have you done, girl?" But I got there. I met the people. They were wonderful. I had I was thought I would be there earlier, so I, and everything got backed up a day, um, and I ended up leaving Tuesday afternoon and and driving across the country by myself.
0: Okay, so did you have a plan like, okay, I'm going to go through Arizona up through here. I'm going to stop there, or did you just? hit gps and go
1: no gps um another thing is i've done this before and i don't mean that in a braggy way but i've driven back and forth across the country nine well that makes nine times if so i knew i i thought what i wanted to do was go southern warmer go down uh, well there's major routes across the country but take 10 but then that whole big cluster of, of remember the thunderstorms and tornado watch and flooding and that kind of cut my route and I had to take a different so I was going to go straight across 40 which I didn't realize is the 33rd what's not meridian but latitude or or whatever it is someone who really knows that stuff got in touch with me oh my god you're riding on the 33rd it's like oh okay I don't know what that means but sounds good
0: the parallel or something yeah yeah
1: Yeah. So I ended up going under the storm and then I ended up driving up over the storm. So it took me, it was, it was more mileage than I had anticipated. But what was really cool was I I used to live in Tucson a long, long, long time ago for a year with my ex-husband. And when I drove, I I was driving on 10 through Tucson and I saw the, you know, it's funny how things you see will trigger deep rooted stuff like the names of roads that I haven't thought about in decades. And I saw the roads and I knew the turnoffs and I knew it It was like muscle memory, but it brought up a lot of, there was a lot of healing going through there as silly as that sounds that I remember. I mean, and I've shared this with people that, um, You know, my ex-husband was incredibly knowledgeable about animals, especially reptiles. So one of the things we used to do was go out in the desert and look for reptiles and flip rocks and walk through. And just that experience that, you you know, that for people that don't live in the southwest or where it's warmer, in the evening, uh, snakes will come up on the roads to get warm so that you can always watch for for snakes in the road at night because they'll come in at night and they'll come up on the warm roads to, to stay warm. So we used to go out at night and look for snakes in the road. And I know that sounds bizarre, but it's that whole nature thing of being so connected to where you are.
0: Would you watch these snakes or would you capture them or study oh, them?
1: You would catch them, pick them up, observe them. Uh, you know, just it was amazing. but it, And I learned a lot. I, I learned a whole lot about you know, different and we, he would catch uh, lizards and get ga- all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it, what's really funny as hell is my my mother was so, so, so frighteningly phobic of snakes. Bad. Couldn't look at a picture of them. That's how bad it was. And then I end up involved with a man who is so into snakes. I think that's bizarre as hell.
0: <laughs> so it's you're hilarious. in Tucson and your your healing memories. And yes. you're, re- you're recalling all of this stuff that you haven't since you were probably in your 20s. Right. I just feel like as empaths, sometimes it's hard when we have those muscle memories triggered. So how did you respond to that?
1: I cried, obviously, because that's, that's
0: good. what <laughs> Cleaned it. <laughs>
1: Cleaned it, I vision. mean. <laughs> what do you do? You cry. Uh, and I I really, it was nice to to have happy thoughts and memories. I hadn't thought about the reptiles in so long. And so much else happened after that in our lives. This is when we were first together. It was all for one, one for all, giddy over the moon, all that stuff that you do in the initial stages of a relationship. But even then, and that was another part of the process was remembering all the red flags that were in place that I chose not to look at. And that was very Mm. humbling. Because yes, I could remember the walks in the desert and the finding the snakes and the, you know, the the heat and the job I had at that time. But also, there were so many choices that I made that were um, very they, they weren't empowering to myself, and I chose not. Okay, but
0: I like that you use the word humbling because I think often when we reflect back on red flags and signs that we chose to ignore. We tend to kick ourselves, blame ourselves, rather than just be humbled by it. So I like that you chose that word.
1: But don't you don't you think that
0: when you can find the humility or or feel
1: like step back from it a little bit, that allows you to get the perspective
0: to release it? Yes, yes. And I don't know if this is good or not. And therapists can email and tell us. But oftentimes <laughs> I'll look back at things like that and. And I, it's almost like I look at myself at that in that decade as though I were another person. Right. And I look at that, Samantha, and I think, oh, like how sweet, you were trying so hard then. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's like not even me when I look at those memories. It's, it's a strange feeling.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it feels like. And I think that that's a sign that we've evolved and grown and left that aspect of our lives and what's interesting was i was there right before my first saturn return and now i'm in another saturn return so i think it's interesting that was another thing i thought about was cycles in your life why was i i honestly feel like it was important for me to go through there at that time frame so that i can move forward would you you
0: know geography and me aren't very good friends So I don't know this answer. (laughs) Would you have gone through Tucson if there weren't the storm? No. Okay. That's what I thought. So I see, I think that's very interesting. Like everything that fell into place to make you go down that literal and figurative memory lane.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree.
0: That's really, really interesting. Okay. So you're in Tucson, you're going through these memories, then what do you do?
1: Uh, and I shared this with you before we spoke is that I did most of this in silence i didn 't listen to anything i didn 't i mean I talked to people if I stopped for gas or went in to get something to eat or uh, you know but but mostly it was it was quiet it was very meditative it, and it was exactly what I needed. I needed to get off the grid and shut things down for a few days and I think for all of us as highly sensitive people we get so so wrapped up in being connected and on call and ready and on that I it didn't I honestly had no idea how much I needed that Uh, so.
0: so I think one thing well there's so many questions and comments I have about that because before you and I were recording you were saying how everyone can relate to that need to get off the grid and I said, I can relate to that need, but I can't identify with it. Because right now, at this stage of my life with my kids where they are, I can't imagine going off the grid like that. I think it would be awesome and wonderful. But I do think that all of us can get off the grid in subtle ways. Yes. You know, we you don't have to drive across the country necessarily. But I do think that there are ways we can kind of unplug And yet, there's always other people pulling us back. Like when you mentioned, some people weren't so nice about you not getting back to their emails. That's always a struggle for me. And I do think that's part of being an empath. You know, like a friend, a good friend asked me to do a reading for her friend. And I said, sure, just have her email me and, you know, I'll set it up. And so the woman emailed me, well, I can't a lot of emails every day. And so I don't get to them every single day. Mm -hmm. I go through as many as I can. And then the next day I go through as many as I can. Well, I didn't get back to her that day that she sent me the email and my phone blew up with my friend going, she's freaking out. Why didn't you email her back? I texted and said, I will get to her. You know, I've got a lot ahead of her. I think it needs to be fair. Like whoever emails first, I get back to first. And then the next day, the woman sent my friend this whole long email. Did she sense bad energy from me? Is that why she's ignoring my email? It's like, oh, my gosh. So I feel like we have this pressure from all different sources to stay on this grid. Yeah. And I would just love to hear how did you, because I think you and I are so much alike in that people-pleasing impulse that we have. So how did you react when you saw some of those negative responses to not getting back to emails? Did you beat yourself up for a little bit and go, oh, Denise, just pull over, plug into Wi-Fi and just get this done? Or did you say, no, this is my week to unplug and deal with getting this RV home?
1: Okay. Well, that's the other (laughs) we think alike because I did pull over and I couldn't get a connection i couldn't answer things from my phone like i was trying to reply to things from my phone and it would just kept kicking it back to me and i thought what the hell is happening here why can't i so something bigger than i am was saying no denise you're stepping off this for and when i said off the grid i meant more of connected to uh checking social media or checking emails or always being connected with with the internet and, and online and Just to not have that in my life, I was amazed at the difference. But I did exactly what you said. And then about, I think, where was I? I was going through Texas. I was driving through that barren part of Texas. And it hit me, I don't have to explain this to anyone. I don't have to make excuses. I don't have to validate why I'm doing this or where the money came from or because my my default position well i've worked two jobs and i've done this i've done and i thought i don't need to do that i don't need to defend this choice and that was i don't and i'm kind of embarrassed to say this i have never ever felt that way before in my life that i didn't have to validate or defend or somehow explain the choice i was making as an empath or as a, a sensitive person That was huge.
0: No, thank you for sharing that, because I think a lot of us can relate to that. I always feel that I have to explain, even with a compliment, if someone says, oh, I love that sweater. Oh, I got it on sale. Yeah. I mean, I I think we all do that in many different ways. It sounds like your guides were guiding this trip and guiding this unplugged week in a way because the storm happened so you had to go through Tucson and then every time you pulled over to get wi-fi to respond to these anxious people you couldn't do it
1: no which I think was I got back here very very late on a Sunday night and it started to snow and then we had two days of snow so if the trip had been different I would have either hit the snow or not been able to make it back so I think that it's all just so orchestrated.
0: Wow. That is so cool. So tell us, I w- tell everybody about that young woman you met and how she responded to your trip. Cause I think that's such an interesting revelation she shared.
1: Oh, oh, oh yes. There's a, a young woman that I, I ran into in the store when I got back. Is that, that's what we're talking about? Yeah. Cause I'm thinking yeah. two different things. And I, she said, oh, and I, I I know where she's in her late 20s. And I told her about, and she, I told her what I had just done. And she got, she said, oh, that's so brave. I could never, ever do anything like that. I would be too afraid. I'm too much of a scaredy cat. And I really felt empathy and compassion. And I thought, in your 20s and vivacious and alive and the world, you know, it's just a different energy in your mid to late 20s than it is, on the other end of the field. (laughs) So, but I also, it was a a big wake up call of Denise, everybody's going to, I, a lot of this trip was about seeing people's perspective, not just my own. And I think that that's huge. And what we're all working towards right now is seeing everyone's light and it might be different or it might not align with us, but it's becoming more apparent that, that, uh, I'm kind of talking in circles around that, but I hope it makes sense.
0: No, it does. And you know, I can, I can see where you're coming from, but I can see where that young woman is coming from as well, because I think I must watch too much Dateline or grew up on too many unsolved mysteries, but that would, the prospect of driving across the country would kind of scare me too. I'd have to really, I could definitely do it. It would just, take a lot of planning on my point on my part i'd have to have it mapped out on paper because i'd be worried that my gps would go out at some point i'd have to have the hotels navigated of where i was going to stay i'd be worried about parking the rv okay and then, you know like and, little and, things like that
1: and and i <laughs> this is embarrassing I've never driven an RV before, and I picked it up in Redondo Beach and started driving through L.A. traffic to get home. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know you've never driven an RV. No.
1: I mean, I've <laughs> driven trucks and vans and, and pulled trailers, but I'd never driven an RV
0: before. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was it hard?
1: No. No, it was just like okay. driving a big, big van or a big truck.
0: Was it hard to find parking? No,
1: no. It, 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 amazingly, it was much easier than I thought. But I I think my, as silly as it sounds, my biggest stressors on the about doing this, like when I looked out and saw the palm tree, were um, getting out of L.A. because if uh, people that are out that way or if you've been that way, that's an interesting pattern scheme of traffic out there. And figuring out, you know, will I be able to get Uber down there? Are the people going to show up? What I, but I mean, I had a tentative plan of, okay, if this isn't what I want, I'll go back to the airport, I'll, I'll fly standby, and I'll go home. Done. If it breaks down on the way, I'll call you ship, I'll have it shipped back to Maine, I'll get on a bus or, or a train or a plane, and I'll get home. So, I, I mean, I had that kind of a, a tentative safety net. Right. I, I, I was really tweaked about... Um, getting out of LA. And my other thing was getting through, on the other side of the country, getting through New York. So instead, I went around. I went around through um, uh, the Western route up rather than going through DC and uh, New York City and all of that.
0: So talk to us more about being unplugged. I think if I were in an RV driving cross country, I would have pre-stocked my iPod with all sorts of wonderful audible books and podcasts and music, and yet you chose to do most of it in perfect, total silence, which I think is the way to go. Why did you choose that, and what did you do with all that silence? Did it make you uncomfortable? Did it make you peaceful? Yeah, I, I looked at
1: <laughs> I just enjoyed being present in the scenery. And I know that sounds very Om Zen, but just being somewhere else and seeing different scenery and you know, different smells and different colors of the earth and different people and accents and regional dialects and all of that stuff. And it was time to just really think about stuff. I like, I'm, One of the things is I, I drove down through, uh, because I was on 10 and I had taken that Southern route I went through El Paso and and that down along the border and it it's very it's a desolate beauty but there was an impromptu um, border um, border patrol um, check station and it wasn't like I was trying to go over the border it was just set up and I had to go through this and and I felt so anxious I mean I felt and I thought. I'm and all the man said was are you a US citizen and I said yes and he said well safe travels and I left but they had all the trailer trucks pulled over to the side with dogs checking them and it really being in north in, in rural Maine it brought what's going on nationally to a reality so things like that would happen and then I would think about it and I would think about the news and I would think about the perspective people are having about what's going on nationally and internationally. So I didn't, it, it just, I tried to listen to some stuff and it was almost abrasive. So I must've really needed that time to um, think.
0: And process. You know, what I'm thinking about as you're saying all of this, even my entertainment portion of my life is like a to-do list. Oh, I could get caught up with all those books I've wanted to listen to. I had them ready, and I didn't listen to them. That's so good. <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, I would literally, I have, I have so many books in my library on Audible, and <clears throat> when I get a new credit each month, I think, no, just save it because you got to get through that library that you haven't listened to yet. And I'm like, what? Why am I making that a to do list? That's that's enjoyment. And yet I think so many of us do that. Everything is just check off, check off, yes. check this one off, check that off. And that, that becomes silly. And when you take a time, whether it's a weekend or a week or a month, to really unplug, I think it does reset not only your battery, but your priorities. Yes,
1: exactly. It- you know,
0: there was this article someone sent me, I think it's called Seven Strange Questions to Ask Yourself, To find your purpose or something like that. And one of the questions was, if you knew you only had a year left on this earth, what's the first thing you would do? Uh-huh. And I think that question is so interesting. And the first thing that came to my mind was travel. I would travel. I would just leave and, and take my kids and go travel, travel, travel. And I asked some of my other friends, and a lot of them said, I'd quit my job. Oh. and a I'm so happy to say that that never even popped into my head, which is a good a good thing. Um, a lot of them said, well, I would make amends with people, but nobody else said travel, which I thought was interesting.
1: Okay. Isn't that in uh, that book, Five Regrets of the Dying, isn't more travel one of the big ones?
0: Probably. I haven't read that.
1: I think it is. I think that that is one of the things. And I... I know this man years and years and years ago, and he had, um, I don't know if it was MS or he had something that was de- degenerative. And, and I asked him, I said, well, what, what do you, and he asked me, do you regret anything? And I said, no, and I, I, we were talking about that. And he said, I should have traveled more when I had my independence and could move, more. you know, I, I had more mobility than I have now. And I think that that's huge. Wow. Um, I've
0: never heard anybody regretting a trip. I've never heard anyone go, damn it, I shouldn't have gone to Hawaii. What was I thinking? (laughs) I've never heard anyone say that. You know, even if something goes wrong on a trip, I've never heard anyone go, what was I thinking taking that cruise to Italy? I'm such an idiot. So that's something to think about. You very rarely hear people regret a vacation. But that goes back to looking out the window
1: and go, and experiencing things that I think that opens us up. That opens us up to being more receptive, to being more... It, it Personally, I think it's a huge thing is to just be in different environments and see different things and experience different things. And, uh, and I, I thought about that. How do I keep this going? How do I not fall back into those patterns of, you know, just being... Uh, connected to the to the computer all the time, or to consider, oh, I take my dogs for a walk twice a day. That's my time in nature. How do we build on that, it, it, all, all of us, to to gift ourselves with taking the time we need to enjoy being here? Did you come up with anything? I'm working on it. <laughs>
0: Me too. Me too. I went over to see my sister last night. And, you know, she's on her, she teaches year round. So she gets those three weeks off every once every, I don't know, nine or 10 weeks. So she's on her break. And I said, how's it going? And she's like, well, I cleaned out two closets, you know, because she's trying to get all organized. And she's and everything's like in her hallway, because she's cleaned it out by just putting it in her hallway for now. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm really organized in my mind. And I said, I know exactly what you mean. It's so hard to set those boundaries and stick with them in actual life. You know, for example, I was telling her, I I do a lot of research for these two podcasts. You know, not for this one, obviously, because this is our (laughs) chatty show. (laughs) But for most shows, I do a lot of research, and I type it all out, and I put it out. And I just have, like, reams of notes and stuff for different shows I've done And so I spent an afternoon hole-punching them all and putting them into this organized binder. And I put all the little dividers in, but I didn't have the white tabs where you write what the subject is on each of the dividers. Mm -hmm. And I keep, every time I go to the store, I forget to buy those. And I said, so I organized this whole binder, but it's not done because I keep forgetting this one little thing to finish it off. And she said, yeah, that's kind of the story of my life. I try really hard to say, and I know you've heard me say this so many times, but I, in my mind, I say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are for readings. Tuesdays and Thursdays are for recording, editing, show prep, responding to sponsors, all that show stuff. Do I do that every week? Hell no. (laughs) Because if I, if I get through, you know, six readings on Monday and I have, three email readings I didn't get to. Well, then that gets tacked on to Tuesday. So I'm just trying to, I guess, to learn from you. I feel like you really reset something inside okay. your heart. And I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in your life.
1: Well, that, that's interesting that you, you mm-hmm. said that because when I said earlier about not wanting to I don't want to have to explain to someone why I'm making choices or how I've done something or why I'm doing it I can just give a direct answer I don't have to explain it and then I this morning when I was journaling and I was thinking about that and I thought but I also need to gift myself with that as well and stop procrastinating or stop making excuses or stop wasting time and and get on with it. Like hold myself accountable in a gentle way to step up a bit. And that would be another extension of this trip was just, okay, there's so much time that we have left, but not in a, a morbid way, but I don't want to keep avoiding or putting things off or, Uh, making excuses to myself of why I didn't get things done. Oh, I really would have done that content, but I had to go and do blah, blah, blah. That
0: doesn't sail for me anymore. Right. And I think we do that all the time. I know I think, well, when the kids are grown and out of the house, I will do X, Y, and Z. Or I'll have more money to do this, or I'll have time for that. I'll have space in my head to contemplate this. This week, you know how we talk often about how our readings tend to go in themes? Yes. This week, for some reason, most of my phone readings, I've had all elderly people, like in their late 70s and 80s, and they're dealing with a lot of shit in their life. Yes. And I'm not saying I'm like a young spring chicken, but that feels like a little bit further down the road for me, and I always imagine that time to be kind of reflective and calm and quiet and like the worst of life or the stress of life or the hectic pace of life is kind of behind you and talking to these women this week I realized no I mean and I'm not even talking about the health stuff you expect in those decades they're dealing with loss and grief and then just real pressure and anxiety with their grown children and 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 and, you know just goes on and on and on and it just made me think oh this is life and it's always going to be hectic and stressful unless I make it differently and I don't have to wait for my kids to be grown to start living my life the way I want to live it I need to start doing it in the pockets I can now
1: I love that I absolutely love that for all of us for and this doesn't have to do with where we are in our lives if you're in your your teens, your twenties, your forties your it doesn't matter. I think that's a a beautiful, beautiful message for all of us thank you
0: well, i mean we do we need to do it because if we don't, if not now, when I guess is the, what I'm trying right. to say more succinctly.
1: Right. And, and so I'm what, not what are advocating your... for everyone to just be sitting in the back of an Uber saying, oh, what the, mm, have I done? And looking out at a pump. <laughs> that's a good choice for everyone. But sometimes I think we need to hit the reset button and just get a little nudge to say it's time to be alive again.
0: And you did it. I and mean, you've been talking about buying an RV for a year, I'd say, right. at least. Yeah. And then I called you one day to say, okay, so next week we start our next webinar series. Do you want to talk and plan that? And do you what show do you want to record for that week? And you were like, actually I'm gonna be gone. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I I am just so proud of you. I really am. I'm so and I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that you took this step and that you're just sending this message to the universe that you're ready for this new chapter of your life which leads me to my next question of now that you've got this beautiful low mileage RV sitting in your driveway, what are your plans? Have you had time to think about what you want to do with this?
1: It's all part of the transition of, you know, and for anyone who's older, who's, whose children are grown and exactly what you're talking about when I have that time. Well, it's, it's not as much rose petals and garden gates as people might expect because it, it there's a lot of soul searching at this time in life where you have to say am I going to reinvent myself or am I going to stay stagnant am I going to try something new or am I going to just get on the treadmill every morning and do the same thing over and over again and I personally think that makes a big difference with where you end up later on down the road is if you do hit the reset, and and this isn't contingent on age, I think when we hit the reset button, it allows us to expand who we are and what we came here to do. Um, part of my initial goal with starting the business was I really wanted to be location independent. I love to travel, I love to see different places, I love to uh, have that freedom, I love nature. Obviously, I've said that over and over and over again. So. I, tentatively the plan is to be on the road for a few months out of the year or go down and be a snowbird or i'm really not sure on that but i know now i feel like i have options that i haven't had
0: you have options and now you have no excuses right and i'm having some
1: repairs done on my house and i can either you know sell my house rent my house use it as a storage unit i mean it doesn't (laughs) there's it's still a home base and and i don't it doesn't feel as urgent to to make the big decisions, but to just mm-hmm. let it unfold. And, and I think get the hell out of the way and, and follow the, the, uh, the guidance system that they're, they're putting out these stepping stones for me. I, I need to just pay attention and step where they tell me.
0: <laughs> well, and you're clearly doing that. I think when we take these weeks or days or weekends, whatever, out of our normal life to pause, unplug, go off the grid, whatever euphemism you want to put there, and really go within and do some soul searching, it does create outlets in the universe that allow for huge, tremendous change. I think I've already told this story on the show, so I apologize if it's repetitive. But years ago, I was doing an assignment with my English class based on that Hemingway story where somebody asked him to write a story in six words or less and he said, um, baby shoes for sale never worn, or used baby shoes for sale never worn, something like that. And I asked them to write their life in six words, to do a six word summary of their life. And the responses I got from my students were so profound and interesting that one holiday when we were all gathered around my table, I was sharing some of them and, and I asked my family to try and do it, put your life in six words or less. And you know, my family's pretty literary, so they came up with some very lofty words. And then we get to my brother-in-law, and he said, I can do it in three words. And we all kind of looked at him, and we're like, okay, go. Rinse and repeat. Oh. And I remember there was just stunned silence around the table as we all just kind of looked. And at the time, you know, he had this really high-pressure job, and I think that's how his life felt to him. He just got up, went to work, worked 12 hours, came home, went to bed, got up, went to work. And I'm not saying that one conversation changed his life, but I am saying within a year, he had left that job and he got a brand new job that was less pay, but a whole hell of a lot less stress and and hours and work. And his kids were still in elementary school and he became their soccer coach. They took an entire summer and went to Europe. They did a lot of travel. They did what you did. They went across the country. They did so many things that he couldn't have done if he had stayed in that high-pressure job. And so if you just take a moment to try and reflect on where you are in this merry-go-round of life and think, is my life rinse and repeat? Or is it something more? And if you are in that rinse and repeat stage, which I think we all have been there and maybe still are, I do believe that there are ways we can get out of that cycle. And yeah, they do require scary change. I mean, you got to admit that was scary change. I think when you were sitting in that airport in Philadelphia or Detroit thinking, what the F am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you felt a little scared. I'm sure navigating an RV through LA traffic was scary. I'm sure (laughs) trying to outrun a storm was scary. And yet you persisted. You kept going. And this is going to trigger change.
1: Honestly, what I kept saying to myself when I would freak out, I would just say, be brave. It's time to be brave. And I think that applies to so many aspects of our lives, whether we're trying to figure out what our next step is, or whether to stay or go in a relationship, or whether to trust ourselves that we're capable of of taking ourselves to the next level. It's being brave.
0: I agree, and I think that's all we can do. At the end of our life, if we can just say, I did my best, and I did it bravely, and I did it with love, what else can we ask of ourselves? A very big thank you to our students, though, of our first night of our advanced mediumship webinar, because yes. Denise had driven, I don't know, eight hours, 10 hours that day, and she pulled into a hotel to get Wi-Fi, and I was worried for you. I kept saying, like, I can do it, you know, on my on my own, and then I had this really stressful day for a lot of different reasons, but mainly my house is undergoing a ton of renovations right now. And so that was stressful. And so Denise is texting me, no, I'll be fine. I can do it. You take the night off. You've had a crazy day. (laughs) So we get there. We get there with our lovely students who now we all know. So it's so nice to do the advanced class because, you know, we all know them. So it takes some of that stress of the first night of class off, but still, Denise could not get her Wi-Fi in her hotel to work, and I'm like, okay, it's fine. I can do this on my own, and I'm sitting there, in the room where I'm recording the webinar is right next to the deck, which is being torn and sawed, and the noise was deafening, and I'm sure our students were just thinking, what the hell did I sign up for? <laughs> it seems like once we got up and
1: going, though, it smoothed out. Yes. Like Once we got in the school, it took, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was 10 minutes of chaos, and everybody was very patient, and then it was fine. So yes. just wanted to thank them.
1: It's an incredible group. I love, love, love doing this with the advanced group, because it is. It's so fun to watch people go from where we started initially to where we, I just, I get very excited about it.
0: It's amazing. And now we have some students who are really, truly doing this. Yeah, I mean, they have websites, they have clients, they have, like one of our students just created her own oracle deck, and it's just so cool to see everybody growing and flourishing. I, I love just it. love that. Anyway, I feel like I interrupted you before, so what were you going to say?
1: Oh, I don't remember now.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't
1: even remember the interruption, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, this is why I, I would make even. a terrible therapist. I've always thought to myself, you know, you should have gone into therapy because I love talking about emotions. But I would make a shitty therapist because I talk too much.
1: <laughs> I think the other thing of whether it's it's taking a leap of faith or, or a trip or starting the book you want to write or recording the song you want to sing or starting a marathon, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It, But it's about taking it to the next level of, of gift of for me personally holding myself accountable so I don't stay small or stay stuck in the same place and I do
0: do you think that fear is because this is something I wrestle with is it fear of failure or is it fear of success
1: i think as a highly as an empath as a highly sensitive person it's fear of being vulnerable for me mm and also of success, because if it gets so big, and you, similar to what we've said about with this type of work is you get to a place where you can't turn back. And I think that keeping it in the parameters of what we know we can handle, and if it means taking whatever in our life to the next level, will we still be able to to do it? Will we be able to, to hold it together? Will we be able to step up to the plate? And I think- right. That's
0: right. a big concern. Right. I had this conversation with a family member. You know, we have some discord in my family of origin, as I'm sure all of our listeners are aware. And I was talking to a family member who really hasn't taken a side. And they're just trying very hard to be friendly with both sides of this argument going on with my parents and some of their kids. And I said, not taking a side is making a choice. Yes. And I think that applies to other areas of our life. If you're stuck in a job, not making a choice, stay or go, is making a choice. Okay.
1: And what I love about that is when you were talking earlier about being, you know, you you do, you have three teenage children Much, much different place. My world was very different when my sons were teenagers, and this would never, ever have been a remote possibility. That being said, I think that, um, I kind of lost my train of thought with that.
0: It'll come back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do have to say, my, um, while Denise was on the road, my youngest turned 13, and so I am now the mother of three teenage daughters.
1: Oh, God love you.
0: if everyone could commence the novenas, I would be grateful. <laughs> I had one day where my youngest just burst into tears because she has nothing to wear. And it's it's a problem because she's she is 13, but she wears a size 10 kit. She's really, really little. Mm-hmm. And so everything for a girl that's size 10 has unicorns, puppies, cupcakes, glitter, and stupid freaking words on it like you can do it girls rule. unicorns are real like it's ridiculous so buying her clothes is an impossible task so anyway she just threw I have nothing to wear I hate all my clothes and then my oldest who's almost 17 she'll be 17 next month She was freaking out because I needed her help driving. I needed to take one kid to this place and another kid to that place. Well, I can't be in two places at once. And she had plans with her boyfriend. And I was like, well, you're going to have to delay those plans for one hour and help your mom drive your sister here. And she's having a big fit. So we worked it out and I'm driving my 15-year-old to where she needs to go. And I'm like, I'm so mad at your sisters right now. And I'm just so grateful that you are always my easy child. And I was trying really hard not to like play that up too much, you know, but she is, she's my easy kid. And she said, you know, mom, I think I'm just in an easy stage of my life. She said, I think when you're on the cusp of the teen years, you know, 13 and 14, she said, you have so many emotions going on. You don't know what the heck to do about it. And I think when you're on the end of those teen years, like my older sister is, I think it starts up again. Wow. And I know she was trying to be helpful. I know, but I looked at her and I said, So you mean I have to go through this all over again on the back end with you two? (laughs) Oh, the emotions in this house over the littlest things. Oh, it's it's a treat. It's a treat. So thinking about you driving cross country alone in silence, it feels like winning the lottery at some moments for me. Yes.
1: Yes, and and when I was in that place, it definitely, it would have been surreal to even, and I have to be honest, it would have kind of pissed me off if someone had said to me, oh, I'm going to go take off for a week and drive by myself in silence. I would have been very, not so much jealous or angry, I would have been kind of pissed off, just like, oh, that must be nice, oh, and, but, and that, I have to share that, that it's interesting the reaction people have had. There are people like what you've, you've been like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. You've so needed this. And the flip side of that goes back to what I was saying a few minutes ago about almost feeling like I needed to explain why I was able to do it. And and it, it's been a, a, an interesting study in in people.
0: Yes. Well, and I'm sure it's been an interesting study in just who you are remember when I took that week to not do readings, and yes. you called me and said, how's it going? Are you getting so much done? And that was one of the hardest weeks I've had, Denise. Yeah. It really was because I put so much stock in worth and how much I get checked off that goddamn to-do list every day. Yes, Yes. And taking a week to just read or draw or write or, just watch a TV show I've been meaning to see it, I felt guilty. I felt lazy. Yeah. I felt, I felt like I would imagine, you know, I'm such a monogamous person. I can't imagine ever like cheating on someone, but that I felt like I was cheating something like cheating myself or cheating my clients or, or I don't you know. It felt them. weird. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. I've. Please. That's like, that's like my second coat I wear. Hello, friend. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I think it's because growing up, our worth in our mother's eyes was based on what we did. Yeah. You know, like either for her or for the house or for bragging rights, she's big on that. So if we got an accolade at school, that was a big deal. And so I think I must have carried that into my adult life because my kids would come home from school and they'd say, hi, mom, how was your day? What did you do? Oh, well, I weeded the entire garden. I took the dogs to the park. I went and exercised. I listed all these accomplishments. Like, my kids don't give a shit. Right. And that's something that I think a lot of us probably can relate to. Hopefully not, but I'm assuming I bet a lot of us can relate to because as empaths, we always want to help others and we don't feel that we're worthy Uh unless we are doing something for others. And so that's why I never felt jealous or anything when you said you were taking that week off because I know you needed that more than anyone I know because you've always done for others.
1: Thank you, and still much. do for others. Right, it's, it, it's
0: like it, your your instinct.
1: I appreciate that, and I it goes back to what we started the show with with people. Some people were very supportive. Some people were very um, they they needed they needed the immediacy of me getting back to them, and I couldn't. And it wasn't anything life shattering. No one. Um, it there was nothing that someone was in such trauma and I, I mean, that's, that's different. That's totally different. Um, but I, I think, yeah, no, I told you, I, no, oh, go ahead.
0: Energetically. I won't respond to those people anyway. Well, you know, was, someone sent me an email and it, it was 12 exclamation points. I need a reading in all caps and then 30 exclamation points. Oh my And I know if, if you need a reading that bad, you don't need a reading. You probably need a therapist or a good friend or something else. And so I think sometimes when people are pulling on you like that, it's not even you that they need. And hopefully taking that week to step aside from all of that really brought that into light for you.
1: Yes. And a lot of many, many miles thinking about boundaries and and not in a self-centered or an egotistical way, but what do I need to do to take care of myself in this as well as everybody else? And I think that that applies to whether you're home with your kids or working in a toxic work environment. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. You were right, I would remember, is when I was doing that, you know, in that with the, the teenagers and the working and all that stuff, Sometimes you have to do what you may not be comfortable, but you know you're doing the right thing. And I've said this before, I worked a job that didn't really feed my soul for a long time, because it was steady income, my children had medical benefits, and I had a schedule that I could spend a lot of time with them. That was my priority Mm -hmm. at that time in my life, and I have absolutely not one regret about that, not one ounce of me thinks oh i should have done this or that because that was where i was at the time and i i think that's important for people to to realize that but there are ways to to reset your 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 button to to hit that reset button even if you are in the thick of it and it might like you're very so so good about i take my salt bath every week i i take that time i relax i just have time away from everything, that may not be a week of driving by yourself, but it's still that time to reset and self-care and, and go within without all the extreme right. stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. I try really hard to unplug in moments. It might not be whole weeks, but I do try in in moments. And I'm really honest with my kids about that too. Because something I think about a lot, Thich Nhat Khan wrote a wonderful book. I think it's called How to Love. It's really a tiny little book. You can read it in an afternoon or hour, It's a little. Anyway, he says in that book, the most important inheritance you can leave your children is your own happiness. And that really stood out to me. And I don't know, when I, like when I took that week off from readings, I thought about that a lot because... Now that it's just me with the kids, you know, I don't get every other weekend to myself. My, their dad sees them two nights a week for like a two-hour dinner. That's mm-hmm. it. All the other time, it's all me all the time. And I had this moment towards the end of last year where I thought, what are my kids going to remember from their high school years? They're going to remember me working all the time, driving them around all the time, and nagging them to do homework. But that's not but it's not good. Right. And so, you know, I, I try really hard now to take more time to myself and, and with my friends. So I'll say to them, dinner's in the oven. I'm going for a walk with my friend. I'll be back in an hour. Or like just last night, last night was the only night this week. I didn't have to work or drive. And so after dinner, I said to them, "Um, if you need help with homework, that's I'm here, but I'm going to go upstairs and watch my favorite little show for two hours. Yeah. And they were like, okay. And they didn't bug me. That's so so I think it's important to just, you know, set your boundaries in each, each little moment that you can to take, to carve out that time for yourself. Um, I gave my daughter a week's notice. I'm actually going out Friday night with my sister and some friends and I said I need you home to watch your sisters. Your boyfriend can come hang out, but I need you home. Mm-hmm. I cleaned it and he so no fighting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I I think so, what you are talking about, what I'm talking about, what what other people have chatted with over this past week, things are shifting. This energy, this wanting to 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 be more present and to uh and this comes up a lot in readings that I do is, you know, get out of the back seat of the car and get into the driver's seat and decide the direction you want your life to take.
0: Yes, exactly. Because time is speeding up. I don't know if I'm the only one feeling that. I don't think I am. Time is actually speeding up and days and weeks and months are passing by. And we've got to take our life by the reins. And direct it down the course we want it to be on rather than letting it drag us Mm -hmm. my former mother-in-law she has the saying she would say all the time whenever anyone in the family would talk about a big change like a move or a new job she'd say don't trade the devil you know for the devil you don't know Mm -hmm. and that type of thinking it, you know, she she was a wonderful, amazing mother. I, I love her. I treasure her. I honor her. But that type of thinking can really hold you back. Yes. If there is something in your life that is making you feel beholden or stagnant or stuck or anxious or worried or fearful, any negative emotion, just think about Denise's big leap of faith that she <laughs> took and how, but seriously, because it's, it's inspired me oh. and, and think about how well it went and how guided it went and how much it helped reset her and just consider trading the devil you now for the angel you don't know yet. Oh, I like that. Really and truly. I, I think when we are brave and courageous and we stand up and we say, I am a human being created in love. I have a right, and an honor to be happy. It is my divine right to be happy, and I'm going to take steps towards that now. I do think our guides, who do sometimes nap on the job, at least I know it feels that way sometimes, but when we do those brave, cold, uh, courageous moments, and we just say them with conviction I think they wake up and they step in line and they start to activate change in a positive way for us as well.
1: I love that. That was very, very well put.
0: Thank you. And I love you. And I love that you took this big leap of faith. And you better get in that RV and drive yourself down here one day (laughs) soon.
1: (laughs) It's on my list, believe me, because that's the new, that is part of the plan is I've been going through my calendar and I'm going to. um, I will have. No, please don't. And and picking an event for each month. That's my off the grid time. So I'm trying to do like plan some, some monthly things or some seasonal things that will just be everything that I don't do every day in my life.
0: That's so cool. I love it. Well, we hope you have loved listening to our chatty conversational show about this amazing week off the grid. We will be back next week with a new show for you all. In the meantime, don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Thanks so much for joining us around the table, everyone. Have a great week. Take care. Bye.